All right, what's going on and welcome back. This is the 14th episode of the Tipped Out Podcast with your host, Danny Christie from Danny Christie Golf and Brandon Palmer from Balanced Performance Golf. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the top three things high handicappers do on the golf course. That would be their faults or their mistakes. So, all right. So yeah, I would say the first and foremost would be poor club selection. So a lot of times the high handicap golfer or the amateur golfer They don't really know their yardages. So first tip would be get on a launch monitor and just find out your common yardages. Uh, You know, maybe hit 10 shots with each club and see what the average is. Don't just take your exact, your top, top best shot. I feel like that's kind of how high handicap golfers try and get around the course. Oh, it's, it's 140 to the pin over water with a little bit of breeze. But if I really hit the nine, well, that'll be good. Well, you know, if we just, choke down a half inch on the eight and make the same swing, it's probably going to be a lot better. So another thing for that, we don't account into the elements that also goes into the club selection. So we got to look at wind elevation, whether it be up or down the lie that the ball is actually sitting on the surrounding trouble, such as tree trouble, uh, water hazards, bunkers. And then of course the pin location. So with all of those factors in place, Uh, Then we want to play the percentage shot. So the shot you can pull off eight out of 10 times, that is definitely uh, what we have to be doing. You know, if you don't have time to really work on your game, we just got to get our course management and our mental side of things improved as much as possible. I definitely don't think uh, the average golfer or the high handicap golfer works on the mental approach or really course management much, if at all. So if we can improve any way without even you know, putting the club in our hand, I would definitely say that's the first place to look. If you're someone that doesn't have a lot of time or, uh, you know, commitment to the game. Very good, Brandon. I like that one a lot. What do you got for number two? Number two would be committing to the shot. So now that we have all the elements uh, sorted out, we have to commit to the shot, right? That's the biggest and foremost thing. Every time I feel like I've missed a putt, I've just kind of went against my gut or the read I had. So like I said, consistent golf comes from the consistent and effective practice. Uh, With that aside, we have to get the most out of our current game. So like I just previously said, if you don't have that much time on the course or you just, you know, you're too busy with kids, work, school, whatever it may be, course management, mental approach, and just finding your yardages. So take the elements that we analyze from above, go with your gut decision. Most times that is going to be the one that's going to work out best for us. So keep it simple uh, and timely. Of course, like I said, we want to kind of figure out the elements of maybe it's a putt, you know, find out what's trouble, what's the green look like ahead, but don't take all day. So pick your target, go for the percentage shot and, uh, you know, play for the center or wide part of the green, try and give yourself an uphill straight putt. So one last tidbit to committing to the shot. So before you even go through your pre-shot routine, fully commit to the shot in your mind, say it in your head, I am prepared and committed. And this is, you know, this is the shot I want to hit. This is the club I want to use. This is the shape I want to hit. Just have a creative kind of thought and picture in your head before you hit. You see a lot of times Jason Day stepping behind the ball, closing his eyes, really envisioning the shot. Tiger like to hit a window. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, it's not every, everybody's not the same out there on the course. So find what works for you, uh, but definitely have some commitment and conviction in your game. Uh very nice. Um, I am going to cover a couple of those same things. And 
one thing I want to kind of add on to is you talked about having, um, you know, going with your gut. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of times when you're not going with your gut, you're going to be hitting a shot with doubt, which we never want to do. So make sure, like you just mentioned, when you commit to a shot, we never want to hit a shot with doubt. So if you ever feel that, step off and don't be afraid to. So stepping off from a shot is, is totally the right play and, and just never hit a shot with doubt. That's a hundred percent. I mean, I wish there's, there's a good amount of shots I'd probably like to take back that I just didn't step off of. You know, you hear something in the background, the ball oscillates or something shifts or you're just over it too long. Like if you, if you take your time, this is how I like to think about it. I think it was in the book Zen golf that I read this. It, you will take more time striking that shot and having it go the shot you're not ready or committed to having that go offline, maybe it even a putt rather than step off, go back through your routine and hit a committed shot. You're definitely going to take more time hitting the uncommitted shot and then having to go track it down and hit it again. So may as well that reload takes a lot of extra time too. <laughs> exactly. You know, takes a lot of time and uh, a couple extra beats off the heart, you know, staying up there. <laughs> All right. What do you got for number three, dude? Uh, So we already talked about uh, club selection, committing to the shot. Now we're to the green. So avoiding three putts and how to do that. So high handicap golfers definitely fall in love with the line. So on longer lag putts, they get far too caught up online. How, which way the ball is going to break. Oh, it's a double breaker, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, All we're really trying to do is get it to the hole. Simply put, we're just trying to find a general line for that putt, and we're not trying to really force it. That's the biggest thing. I've had so many putts, downhill birdie putts, and all you think about is make that birdie, make that birdie, and you pretty near putt it off the green. So what we're trying to do is just make our second putt. Um, you know, we're trying to have a two putt here. If it goes in, that's just an extra bonus. We want to focus entirely on where you want the ball to finish, not so much the back of the cup, but it all depends on, of course, a little bit of the break if it's uphill, downhill. So a really super simple drill to practice that, just your lag putting in general, would be placing an alignment rod, the flag stick, or a club uh, behind the hole, roughly probably a pace, maybe two feet. Uh, and you want to place a tee around 20 feet shy of the hole. So now we're putting from 20 feet. Drop three golf balls set up in your putting stance. And all I want you to do is make practice strokes next to the ball while looking at the cup, look where you want the ball to finish far too often. We're going to be stuck over in our putting setup and we're just staring right at the back of the ball. And now those couple feet, those four feet, five feet, we're looking down at the ball. That's all our brain is calculating. It's not painting the picture and, and having a mental image of where the ball has to go. So let's get our energy going out towards the cup. So got our three golf balls, make your practice strokes, step up, hit your putt, do that with those three, Try and mirror that length and the same speed in that practice stroke. I remember uh, clear as day, I sent Danny a video when I was putting at SLU. And he was like, what are you, what are you trying to do there with your, uh, like your pre-shot with putting? And I was like, oh, that's just kind of what I do. I didn't really have a goal or a reason for making three practice strokes. I made them very short and abrupt. Um, and it just didn't really match the putt I wanted to hit. So my mind was really thrown off when I'd step up to that putt and try and hit it, you know, a 40-foot putt when I was just making, you know, two-foot practice strokes. Like, that didn't work. So biggest thing, envision the shot. Don't fall in love with the line. 
and just practice your lag putting. Get it to the cup. Give it a chance. Tap in. Tap that putt in for par. Bogey. Hopefully not double. And so from there, that little extra. So we did that from 20 feet. Then go ahead and do the same thing from 30 and 40 feet with three golf balls. All we're trying to do is get it to the cup. And in between that alignment rod, the club, what we had beyond the cup possibly, but not over it. So that is my top three faults. A little bit of a fix in there for our high handicap golfers. Really want to work on the things outside of the game, um, within the game, but without, outside of our own swing, I mean. So we don't want to miss it twice. Talking about missing it twice is just picking the wrong club, not taking into account the lie into the grain with the grain, uh, the pin being a back pin and then hitting it right to it, having it go long. Those little things, those mental errors that we can clean up our course management, just getting around the course in an easier manner, uh, picking a three wood off the tee if we're struggling with driver, you know, punching a pitching wedge in there rather than trying to flop the 60. Those little things will really improve our game and we don't even have to improve our swing. So those are my three, brother. You have any comments about those? Last one, last little thing I can add on that last one that I like is when I'm trying to work on my speed control and that's something that I tie into my routine is when I'm taking my practice strokes, I'm always looking at the hole and feeling my stroke and just letting that putter head swing. So a lot of times people will take their practice strokes looking at their putter, but I kind of like to relate it more to like basketball or hockey or any other sport like that, where you're looking at your, your target or your goal or what you're trying to accomplish when you go, when you shoot a basketball, you're looking at the hoop. When you shoot a hockey puck, you're looking at the net, right? So I, I like to kind of tie that into golf where I'm looking at the hole for my practice strokes, kind of just letting my mind, my eyes match what my body's trying to do. 100%. If we remember back in 2015, uh, Jordan Spieth, when he had that real stint of, you know, on some of his shorter putts, just looking at the hole. I remember, you know, I'm a fanboy. So I started doing it myself and it just made sense. Like, it comes in spurts, you know, it's not for everybody. It's a great drill. You know, we do drills at the Academy, eyes closed, one-handed, looking at the cup, a uh, bunch of different variations for speed control and just our technique with putting in general. But uh, if you guys have any questions about things I've said, the things Danny's going to say, or just in general about the podcast or want more clarification, or maybe even just uh, a little more in depth kind of touch on what we talk about here in these podcasts, Go ahead and hit us up on Instagram. That's going to be tipped underscore out. Uh, Danny will throw it up on the screen somewhere. But yeah, definitely. It's cool to see some of you guys reaching out to us individually. Uh, but yeah, we really want to get some traffic going to the tipped out podcast, get that community going a little bit more, post on our socials, and then just uh, be more consistent with our podcast. That's what we're trying to do. Danny's been killing it, killing it on the edits now. So we, uh, we're getting our workflow going. So I think we're definitely going to be getting some good content up for you guys as we go forward. So with that being said, Danny, definitely. go ahead and hop into your definitely. three before I've had enough. Yeah. So without further ado, these are my three. So the first one I'm looking at is tip number one to, to lower that handicap. And the biggest mistake higher handicappers make is not enough short game practice or just not enough practice in general, but I'm going to uh, specify in short game. So Looking here, we've got roughly 40% of shots during a round or pots, if you think about that. So whether you're shooting 99 or 72, 
you know, that's going to relate to the amount of putts you have. So it's a, it's roughly 40% of putts or shots or putts. And then um, if you think about it, then probably about 20% of your other shots are in that short game area where you're chipping or pitching or inside like 50 yards, a hundred yards. Um, well, it could be even more. So you should be practicing at least 60% of your time should be short game. You think, right. If it makes up that much of the game, so got to be practicing your short game, practicing it more than your long game. Um, and then, you know, when I get into that, that phase of how I'm going to chip, I want to be, have a reliable bump and run basically. So the way I would teach it is have a reliable bump and run and then only flop or really try to hit the high one when you can't bump and run. Um, and there are videos on my TikTok that will show you how to hit the bump and run. So if you want to hit that, go ahead and look there and it's pretty simple. And if you just practice that with different clubs, you can hit a variety of different shots and that's really, you don't need too much more. Um, and then username, with putting, what's the TikTok username, bro, don't leave us hanging. Oh, well, it's, it's Danny Christie golf, like everything you'll see it at the beginning of the pod, but yeah, yeah. Danny Christie golf, TikTok and Instagram. Um, and one other way I like to work on my chipping is to utilize tight lies. Okay. A lot of problems people have when they're chipping is they're not hitting the ball first. And when we don't compress that ball first, we don't get, um, consistent results of, of our ball flight, even though it's a small flight, it is a flight. So that small ball flight, um, and you, you can take advantage of maybe a chip on a green, be careful with that one, but, um, out of the fringe and hitting those little shots and you'll start to get a feel for hitting the ball first, which is crucial to hitting good chips. Um, now putting, I got drills that, you know, putting is, is more, there's a million ways to, to do it and you can get away with a lot of technique make sure you have put a good roll on your putts, which end over end. Once you get an idea of that, that's going to help your speed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, one way you can check that would be with a half colored ball or just drawing a line on your ball. Um, and then a couple of drills I like for putting would be the ring of fire from three feet and five feet. So that's just kind of putting eight balls or however many balls you want in a circle around the hole. That gives you an idea of a lot of different pots, because if you can get on a hole on a slope, you'll get a downhill, you'll get an uphill, you'll get a right to left, you'll get a left to right. Uh, so getting a feel for that is great. And just hitting those pots over and over again through a routine and getting confident making those pots is huge and i don't even need to talk about lag putting brandon did a great job on that so moving into tip number two i've got poor course management okay mm. that's a mistake high handicappers make poor course management is is pretty simple but it's just a matter of, of taking the time to actually think about it so kind of the first step to being able to manage a course effectively would be to know your stats so that way, you know, your strong suit and your weakness in your game. So you can kind of play and look at the course and game plan to figure out, well, how can I attack this, this course from what my strength is? Um, that's really important. All that really takes is effort. So if you really are going to play in a competitive round and you want to play better, there you go. Do a little research on the course, figure out how you want to attack it. Um, and then when you're actually out there, it's pay attention to the layout of a hole. Pay attention to where the, the, the flag is. Always look at the hole from the green back. So if I, if I see the pin on the right side of the hole and maybe there's a bunker short right and there's a bunker, another bunker back right, 
I probably don't want to be right because then I'll be short-sighted also. So that's a good term to know, short-sighted. Um, I'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, so pick a line where you're going to have a lot of green if you miss to work with. So conservative line, confident swing is what I'd like to match that up as. Um, and leave yourself your favorite yardage. Okay, par fives. Don't just bash it up as close to the green as you can. Sometimes it might be best if you've practiced a lot and have that 100-yard shot nailed down, lay it up to 100 yards, go from there. And then my last little one is take your medicine if you're sick, all right? Mm -hmm. So everyone loves the term take your medicine, but I don't love just saying take your medicine because sometimes you don't always have to. But um, take your medicine if you're sick. So if you hit it over in the trees and the gap you're going to hit it through is, is an inch wide, you're sick. So you better just punch it out sideways. But uh, if, if, uh, if you have something to work with, maybe there's just some limbs overhanging, kind of take that into account. Well, have I successfully pulled this off? And am I confident in being able to punch this below these limbs? Then you might be able to go for it. But again, that comes with a little experience and just a little thinking, okay? And number three is don't let the three. Before we get to number three, I want to put something out there. So Danny talked about tracking your stats, knowing your stats, kind of really uh, diving in and self-diagnosing your game that way. So if you are listening wherever you get your podcast or if you're here on YouTube watching, uh, Next time you go play a round of golf, track your stats, fairway and regulation, green and regulation in your putts, and send a screenshot of that to tipped underscore out on Instagram. And Danny and I will give you guys a free swing analyzation with that. So all you got to do to redeem that free lesson swing analyzation is going to be to track your stats the next round you play and send that to us at tipped underscore out podcast, or I mean, excuse me, Instagram, and we'll take care of that. So on to number three, Daniel, sorry to interrupt. No, that was, that was, I love that idea. That's a great idea. Um, I'm definitely flying. So that was good to kind of slow it down. Um, so number three, don't let the past control your future. This one definitely applies. I feel like more to when we're playing competitive golf, because, you know, then we start to put a lot more pressure on ourselves, but you know, whenever you get in that, that moment where you're upset after a bad shot, take a step back give yourself time to calm down. It's really important not to let that last shot affects and affect the next shot. So I like to tell people your past has no control over your future. It only controls it if you let it, right? If you get upset, if you get angry and you don't think, and you're rushing to that next shot. So give yourself time, take it easy on yourself. Not even the pros hit every shot perfect and, and move on with a clear head and, a, and an open mind on that next shot. I love that. Gonna wrap it up. It's, so true. it's something we all need to hear sometimes. You know, it's we get, we can get so caught up in it. It's uh, it's just a game, and we are in total control. The ball is not moving most of the time, um, so it's uh, it's crucial that we make the right call and just really learn from our mistakes. Mostly, that's that's what it, about tracking our stats is really. It's going to see where we need improvement and uh, where we're currently struggling. You know, there's far there's going to be far fewer days on the course where everything is going right than the days that you're going to have to really scramble because your driver's not working or the putter's real hot because, you, you know, but you're missing green. So 
always got to try and match up uh, what's going on for us. So it's crucial that we know where our weak points are and that we really just strengthen what we're already strong at. You know, I feel like that's what we do uh, as humans a lot is we focus on our, our weaknesses almost. And then that almost like backtracks on our strengths, you know, then we're, we'd love to be well-rounded in the game or really in anything, but sometimes we just don't like put forth our strengths enough. You know what I mean? If you're really good at that bump and run and you don't have to hit that flop shot, don't just because you saw it on golf digest or your buddies are doing like, there's just a lot of times where if we just hit the shot that is going to work for us, play to our own par. That's another thing we got to worry about out there is high handicappers, beginner golfers, just, or golfers that aren't real avid golfers. You know, they go out a couple times a year, play the tees that are going to fit you best and make you have some fun or let you have some fun. And then just hit the shots that are going to stay in front of you and keep it on the course. I much rather see someone hit an iron off the tee and then have a hybrid or a wood in just because now they hit the fairway and it's going to be much easier to now hit a green in regulation okay, now you missed the green, hit your bump and run, learn to lag putt from watching the tipped out podcast. And now look at you, just bogey golfer out there, you know? <laughs> Which for some, that's pretty good for a lot of people. Bogey golf. And actually really bogey is, golf. Shaving shots uh, or giving yourself five footers. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to touch on real quick that I didn't is yeah. explaining short side. I don't know if a lot of people know, maybe not everybody knows what short side means. Um, anytime you are facing a shot where you have more rough and fairway to go through than you have green to go through, if that makes sense, that yeah. would be short sided. So if you've got, if you're 20 yards away from the green and you're, you've got 15 yards of rough, to go over and only five yards of green to work with. Um, that, that would be what I would consider short side when it calls for that higher, softer shot. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if you can avoid that, well, now that plays into our game plan of hitting bump and runs already, right? So. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like we just hit shots around the course and we don't think about what the next shot is going to be. It's, it's a real fine line between like staying in the moment, hitting the shot at hand, but also having it be like chess, you know, where do I move this piece to then have the next best chance, you know, to have a good move on the following. So that, that's just how we have to think about it. It's thinking ahead while staying in the moment. I like, I like to kind of think about it that way because like you just so well put dude, if we make a bad swing, we didn't think about where we could miss it or where the miss would be to kind of get us that bump and run or the easiest up and down. Now, you know, how often do we practice that Phil Mickelson flop shot or the super deep rough, you know, probably not too often or enough to get up and down. So like Danny said, try and get it, you know, find where your miss is going to be guard against it and then hit that bump and run good lag pot. And the rest is history, brother. Totally. And I think I want to end this with a, a Bob Rotella quote that just uh, popped into my mind after what we just talked about. Um, and the quote is a golfer's potential depends primarily on his ability to chip and putt and think, mm. and it's not, that was not exactly it, but I was very close to it. And that's what we're talking about. It's how you approach mm. and how you game plan and how you, how smart you are when you play 
and just your short game. That's going to save you the most shots. And that's what high handicappers struggle with the most. I would completely agree, brother. So there you have it, guys. Our top three currently for, uh, you know, the misses that high handicap golfers have, the uh, mistakes they make, beginner golfers, that type of thing. So once again, this has been the Tipped Out Podcast, episode 14. Go ahead, give Danny Christie Golf a follow. Brandon Palmer at balance underscore performance on Instagram. And then once again, guys, so reach out to us on Instagram or tipped out the actual podcast where both of us are collaborating on. That will be tipped underscore out. Once again, send us your next round, send us your stats right on your scorecard. We'll go, we'll get you guys a analyzation and a free lesson from one of us. So We'll go ahead. We'll wrap it up right there, brother. I'm pumped already for the next episode. We've got some really cool stuff coming for you guys. So stay here with us, wherever you're getting your podcast. If it's on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, turn that notification bell on for us. And uh, we will see you in the next one. Peace and love, brother. Peace and love, G. Contraband got that dope. Sometimes I don't feel all right. Stop talking, I'm breaking the bank. Yeah.